Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C-H-E-F-R-A-N-J-O-H-N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. everybody. I want to thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited for another just chat about servant leadership. Uh, You hear me all the time on this platform talk about normalizing faith in sports, and there is no way we don't move without servant leaders who do just that. And today's servant leader that we have on is amazing. Many of you all have heard it have paid attention to Last Chance You on Netflix, but Coach John Mosley of East Los Angeles College Men's Basketball is with us today. I've been talking to him a little bit before we got started, just simply about what drew me to him and his personality, and that simply is just his servanthood and his faith and not being ashamed about who positioned him where he is. So super grateful to have you here today, Coach. Thankful for your time. And we're going to go ahead and get this conversation started. I'm going to let you say hello to our listeners, and we'll get it going. Well, hello. I'm grateful to have this opportunity to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, truly, it is uh, an honor to be able to serve God in this capacity, right? We get a chance to coach. I get a chance to share my faith. And uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that God had his hand on it because I was like, I don't want to do that, you know. But God had his hand on it. And he truly blessed. And I'm so grateful that he put me in a position to do it. I had no idea that that the, the outpouring and the outcome of this would be this way. But it just shows you how amazing he is and what he can do. If if we just believe and trust and we just we, we, we put it all out there. I totally agree. And, and it's so funny. Each time that I speak to servant leaders like yourself, one of the main common threads is that, you know, if it if we had it our way, we wouldn't taken we would not have taken a path that he, you know, he wanted us to go on. And so I hear you saying, y'all, and I can see that in you, probably when he brought it to you, and that's going to be my first question. I can see you be like, y'all, we're not doing this. (laughs) I don't want to do this. (laughs) But can you talk to us, talk to our listeners a little bit about how this came about? Because of course, you know, we hear the story a little bit about how you got to uh, East Los Angeles, but how did it come about that Netflix would come to you about creating the series? So we got this cold call and they give us a cold call, right? And uh, they say, hey, this last chance you, we're thinking about doing a show. We want to switch to basketball or whatever. And I'm like, what is last chance you? I never really watched the show. I've never really watched much TV in general until the pandemic. The pandemic got me all jacked up, right? I'm watching, I didn't, I'm binge watching a bunch of stuff now, but never even watched it. And they cold called me and I'm, did a little research and I was like, uh, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm good. Hey, if you'd have hit me up in my twenties, oh man, put me on. Let's go. Oh, sure. what's, <laughs> what's up? Let's go. But you know, here I am. I got a family. I got wife, kids. Everybody's doing well. It's just like, you know, I finally got a tenure teaching position. Like 
I don't need all that anymore. You know, I'm not trying to get fired. You know, let me just do stay in my lane so I don't get fired. And let me just, but you know what? Um, it came about and people started to whisper some, some, you know, that may not have been of the faith are like, nah, I would never do that, bro. You're going to get fired. I wouldn't do that. If I was you, they're going to be all in your family, all in your life. It's going to mess you all up. Uh, and, and then, you know, um, we, I, I've asked a few people around and one of my friends who was a believer, he was a coach. He said, man, you got to do it. You got to share your faith, share how God is moving in this situation and how you ministering. And I'm like, for real. And I was actually in, we was actually at a showcase. I walk out the gym and I, we were taking our players to showcases. So me and this guy, we compete against each other, but he's a believer. And we're, I'm watching his player. He's, I'm watching my player. We're watching our players play in this showcase. And then I walk out the gym. I call my pastor and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm ready for him to be like, no, nah, you know what? We just need to minister. We don't need all that. We don't need to bring all that attention and glorify God. God will elevate us. And to my surprise, he says, you know what? I think you need to do it. And I don't have a problem with you doing it. And I think you need to share what God is doing. And not to offend anybody, but you know what? I will watch some shows where there's these documentaries and then there's these, you know, there's these uh, shows where reality shows where these are people of faith and they act and they butt off. And I'm like, wait a minute. That I, I said, yeah. Lord, I just don't want to be that person that makes you look bad, you know? So I shared that with my pastor and he said, no, you are predestined. And, he, and I said, well, where if I say something to get fired? He said, well, if God closes the door there, he's going to open up another one. So that, that kind of made it where I was like, oh man, I, I guess I got to do this thing. Right. And, and just one last thing to that. Let me tell you something. When you ask God for something, you, you need to be careful what you ask God for. Cause here I am moseying along, right? Uh, things are feeling good. We're winning 20 something games a year. All of my kids are usually transferring. Things are going great. I'm excited. Like, you know what? I got a tenure position. So the, the, the spring of 2019, you know, we didn't win the state championship, but we had a good year. Everything's going good. And then here I come along with my little arrogant butt and say, well, Lord, my little butt says, Lord, uh, you know what? I'm kind of like, what, what other challenges? What, like, what do you got for me? Here I am saying, what do you got for me, Lord? He said, okay, I was waiting for you to ask that. Two months later, I get a call from Netflix and they asked me, you know, the, the team and asked me like, hey, that's when they, Cole called me and asked me. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, that, that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> right. That ain't what I was talking about. And Lord says, not too late. That's what you're doing. And so, you know, and I didn't know how it was going to turn out, man. I, I haven't, I, to this day, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I was, I was in my bed and my wife was gone. She didn't even know. I was, I literally had tears in my eyes right before they started filming. Uh, I had tears in my eyes, like, Lord, my life was perfect. Why am I putting myself out there like that? Why did you have me do this? And I'm literally shaking in the bed. And I'm crying, like, literally, seriously. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling everybody I'm crying now. You know, I know I look tough on, on TV, right? But I literally was crying before they started filming. And then the Lord, he gave me peace, right? And then I said, all right, get yourself together. We start the filming. I got comfortable and everything. But then prior to the show coming out, 
Netflix starts to call me a month or two weeks before, or a couple of days before, like, okay, we're ready to launch, da 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 this and that. Again, I ball up again. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all the stuff I said. I said, man, I'm going to get crushed. I put myself out there. I'm going to get fired. And I literally was again shivering. I'm talking about shivering like what in the world did I just do? Why did I do that? Why did I say all that? Why did I profess my faith like that? What in the world? What am I doing? What, what am I tripping off of? I'm going to get fired. I finally got a decent job and I'm going to get fired. But you know what? God showed up and and again, he gave me peace and, and we see what he's done. And that's, that is the the beauty of it all. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, when you hear me and they say, well, you know, what's the purpose of the servant leader? And, you know, it's not just a tagline. It truly is the mission of God where it says we're normalizing coaches and athletic professionals of faith, right? So that we don't feel that way. So that we don't feel that our faith will get in the way of our jobs and, you know, what we do and what we're able to be, you know, and it's amazing coach because in episode four, the one that was titled, in my father's house. We actually get a chance to see you in our father's house. And it was so amazing to me because a lot of times when we see coaches on the sidelines, we fail to even remember that they're actual people too, right? And one of the things that my pastor says, because he'll come, he's come to some games. He's like, you know, I just want to make sure that when I come to the game, I still see the same member that sings in the choir behind me and not someone else. And we always laugh. But honestly, even outside of the chuckle, in that what we want to reach for, yes, we're animated. And we see that a lot about you. It's funny, somebody was asking, they were like, hey, can I get in on that call? I want to see if he's going to be just as animated. <laughs> and I said, to a degree, all of us coaches are. But in that, you you talked about, you're a deacon at your church. You're a leader at your church. Um, and just watching you mold in Sunday school, your own kids. But you talked about, you said, God made the choice for me. You just how, you know, you had grown up in a church and, you know, it was kind of, I come sometimes and I maybe come sometimes. God made the choice for you. Can you kind of clarify what you meant by that and talk us about your faith journey? Well, yeah, he like orchestrated all of this. Like, you know, I, I believe there's some that, you know, they can live out their faith a different way. But for me, man, God ain't letting me go nowhere but towards ministering for him. And he say, I'm choosing you to do this to make sure that you minister and in everything that you're involved in, he he straight tell me you ain't having no success without me. And so it it's con it's a constant like this, just and I'm grateful because guess what? I can go to sleep at night. I got peace because if I step out there on my own and I start wondering and trying to do things on my own, then uh you know you can get yourself in trouble. But he's kind of surrounded me and he's kind of directed me to this place of of ministry. And of course, I wanted everybody, I want to be an NBA ball player. Hey, I was telling a story about I, when I went to Brazil, right? My sole purpose, I'm at this Christian college that I was going to. And that's first of all, like I'm at a Christian college. Like, man, I'm from the hood. What the heck am I doing at a conservative Christian Bible teaching college where you can't hold hands? Like, man, I'm from South Central, man. We did, you know, I was five years old doing more than holding hands. I was at the babysitter, you know, and, and then I go to this <laughs> Christian college. You know, I'm at the babysitter doing some stuff that, that they at the Christian college, you can't even hold hands. You got to like walk across the street and it's great. You can't have television in the dorms back in the day. So here I am, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going, I was going on this missions trip. I finally got to a place where, okay, I'm gonna go on this missions trip. But you know what my purpose was? I was going on the missions trip because yeah, okay. I got to go to do the ministry. 
I'm going because I'm after that, I'm gonna try to play pro ball over there. You know what I'm saying? Ain't that so self, ain't that so us, right? Like yeah, I'm that's like, a yeah, that's the us. Yeah, I'm gonna go serve God, but guess what? I was thinking in the back of my mind, like, yeah, okay, my boy is over there. I'm gonna go play pro ball in Brazil, right? Man, God had it different, man. He isolated me. The 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 missions team left. And then all of a sudden I have my Bible. You know, I was still, yeah, I'm still studying my word and stuff, you know. You know, you know, our little 45 minute, you know, pray, hallelujah, you know, we do our little thing, right? But then all of a sudden, 45 minutes turned to two hours and two hours turned to three hours. And he consecrated me. I was in the word like never before. Now I went to the Christian college and I got the theology. I got the training of how to study the word, but I really wasn't studying the word. I just, I was trained on how to do it, but that's how God works. He trained me to study. I go to school. I'm done with school. I still didn't get it. I still didn't get it. I'm at school for two years because I went to community college. Then I went two years. I studied theology. I got a minor in theology. And then all of a sudden, I still didn't know. I was just like, man, let me just pass the class so I can get my degree and I can be eligible. But then when I got there, I knew I had the tools. So I came out of the, the you know, I'm at the charismatic because I think I, I was like, man, they not having church here, man. Ain't nobody shouting enough for me. I was mad. I was I was at the Christian college. Wasn't nobody shouting enough for me. But here I am. I'm at the Christian college. I knew how to shout. I knew how to experience God that way. But also he taught me how to break and dig into the word. And so it came together and I get isolated in Brazil and I knew how to study the word now. And guess what? He said, okay, I'm closing the doors. I'm shutting everything out. Now you got the time. And he consecrated me. You talk about six hours. It went from 45 minute cute little, you know, devotion to six hours a day because there was nothing else for me to do over there. And I thought it was about me going to play pro ball, right? And then when I did play a little bit, I actually, the desire left me and I came back to coach with, with, with my college coach. But ultimately, that's what it was about. It was no choice. I didn't have a choice. I'm going to play pro ball. God said, no, this is where you finna know who I am. And then I got nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. When I read, have you ever read the word of God like that? Yeah, where, where it throws where, you back on your butt and it just magnifies and you blows your mind. Uh-huh. I was gone. And then I came back. My best friend picked me up from the airport and he said it was literally like, I was like, like they say Paul is, he's in a, this, this moment, this humility. I didn't want to look at nobody. I was so ashamed of myself. And so, you know, we, we carry that. And, and from that point, I didn't want to make God look bad because I know how powerful and who he is. We think God is for us, but we forgot. We made for his purpose. We, he's not made for our purpose. We made for his purpose. And, 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 you know, that, that conviction has been in me ever since. And I've tried to keep it, you know, we got so many distractions now that it, it sometimes it gets cloudy, but, but you know what, man, I'm, I'm so fearful of God. After I didn't found out who he was, you read who Yahweh is, man, that junk is scary. I'm telling you, it puts a lot in perspective at that point. It truly does put a lot in perspective. And yes, I've definitely been in that place. You know, you have, I saw some of the coaches, their facial expressions, but yes, when you get in that place and it's like, I'm telling you, it just really changes your approach and your thought process. And what you said too, is just, we were made in his image for his purpose. This has nothing to do with us. And the sooner that we realize that and take our hand off and let him have his way, things like this happen, even when we don't agree with them, even when Netflix calls and we say, no, that's not for us. God has a way of working all things together for the good of them that love him. Because that's what his word says, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can only imagine you staying on the 
saying on the go, right? With a COVID season and still a global pandemic changing your way of work, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about the word often, but as coaches and leaders and athletic professionals, our schedule gets really crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So often, sometimes, especially if you're not ingrained and have your moments of devotion already set up, you'll miss them. Can you us? We stay physically fit, right? We go to the gym, we get that stuff going. We stay mentally fit, maybe exercise, do puzzles, things like that, whatever to help us. But spiritually fit is a lot of what I talk about on here. What are you doing to make sure that your faith muscle is being stretched? that we don't become stagnant, that we get to continue to learn the word, right? And so in your busy schedule, what are some of the things that you do and the time you carve out to make sure you remain spiritually fit, whether it be devotionals, whatever the case may be, how do you remain spiritually fit? You know, one thing that helps me stay accountable is to remember that God is calling me to make sure that this home is sanctified. So Mm. this, this, this kind of uh, because it's a responsibility, you know, me and my wife have this responsibility to, to continue to sanctify our home and have our children uh, under understand what it means to minister and to, to spend time with the Lord. That, that actually helps me when we can lock into our families and, and, and know that we have that responsibility, right? Because that's a burden is to, to hope that our children can continue in the word of God and hope that our children can be saved and so that's a burden that is kind of like, I like to call it, maybe it, it helps, it helps as a thorn. Like it's not a thorn because it's my children, but it's something that's always there reminding me <clears throat> that I got to make sure that I'm continuing to drive them towards Christ. And so with that, they need to see me, uh, you, you know, they need to see me. And so I won't, to be honest, you know, to be honest, am I, uh, there needs to be accountability for me. So that's my accountability. And to be honest, do I have the willpower? Do I have the discipline to stop and say, I need time with the Lord? It's hard. It is very hard. But what I do remember and what I do worry and what God has placed in my life to help me stay accountable to getting into his word is when I look at my children and they need to see me worshiping. They need to see me cutting off the the TV or when we as a family sitting there uh, looking at YouTube channels or something like that. Why not go to spontaneous worship, me and, and the wife, and we doing spontaneous worship. And then the k- kids are looking at us like, oh, there's spontaneous worship. Or we sitting in the car and it's just straight uh, worship. And so I think because of the, the accountability I have for my children, it helps me to, to, to stay in the word. And then also I've even had uh, friends, friends of mine just recently say, Mosley, let me tell you something, man. We're going to make sure that we stay together so that I can pour into you as you pour into others. So we need to have those mentors. We need to have those relationships, those uh, to, to keep us accountable on the outside, to pour into us and to remind us where we need to stay on track and not assuming that we're the leader of this whole ministry. We're not always the leader of the ministry. We need to get advice. We need people to pour inside of us. Uh, of us as well. So I'm not going to sit here and say I have this this plan of how I stay focused on God and how I do that because I stay busy. But I do have that accountability that I have this family that we got to make sure that we stay because this world, man. Oh, my goodness, this world. I'm so I'm just it's moving. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or and and my 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 senses are are heightened because I'm getting older and I'm turning into that old person like Lord Jesus look what's going on in this world today 
or is it really getting bad fast? Like it's really getting bad fast. It's not it's, <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's I, I saw the world, you know, uh, changing, but it's 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 just it, like in the last couple of years, it just spiraled, and then from the pandemic, I've seen it spiral super fast, like a hyper hyper speed. You know, you got all these agendas and you got all these voices coming out, and nobody's talking about their heart issue. Nobody's talking about Christ. Everybody's talking about what they want, the, you know, and, and I'm for all of it and supporting everybody. But man, we, we hearing one agenda wants to do this and then this agenda wants this and then this agenda wants respect. This agenda wants respect. Well, how about Christ? He needs respect. If we could just fix our hearts, everything else would be OK. If we just fix our hearts, if I fix my heart, I won't have an issue with whites, blacks, Asians, with 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 women, with any any of this. If I can fix my heart. If we can all fix our heart, everything will be fine. But what happens is we so focused on me, like what I want. Oh, well, I'm a black coach. This is what black coaches should have. Forget me, man. I need to fix my heart so that that's the issue. And so I think that's kind of uh, the focus as I go back. I, you see, I talk too much, so you got to forgive me. But uh, isn't that what know, a podcast I, is all about? Yeah, you know, have I your way, have your way. But, <laughs> but it's 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 the family which keeps me accountable. When I look at my son, and I have to be, uh, I'm accountable to that. He's got to grow up and be a man of God. And I pray that the Lord continues to stay in. You know that. Well, I, I won't say continue. Once he's in there, he's in there. But we just pray that he can live out his faith as he claimed to be a man of faith. My daughters have complained to. Uh, have proclaimed to be uh, women of women of God, and so I just I, I'm I'm accountable to being that example. And so, what better way to be the example but to live it out? And how do you live it out? You live it out by showing that that you you spend time, you worship, you cut off the TV, you cut, and you spend time in the Word. You worship, and you serve. And so, I think that's that's when you ask me that question, that kind of, that, that's kind of what hit home, what hits home and how I stay accountable to the word is, is because I look at those, I look at my family and, and even my wife and, and all that being a man of God, being a man of faith and making sure she knows that, okay, is he staying legit? Cause you know, she just slapped me in my head. If I think I'm all that, cause I got this little Netflix show. I told her, Hey, I told her one time she asked me for something. She said, Hey, can you do this, this, and this? And I said, you know what? Go talk to my publicist. She rushed. She said, "Boy, I'm a." She said, "Boy, I knocked it. I knocked you." And she wasn't playing. She said, "I'll knock you out. Tell me that again." So, anyway. Listen, and I can see how that hit that way, but I think that's amazing when you accountability or you know, my boy and brother, Coach Cabral Huff. He's all, always on here, and he talks about board of directors often. Um, and and he is mine. People that are on here are mine that keep me aligned. And you're right. Like there's no template. There's things every day that can throw us off of that. But when we have that accountability, that for you being being the head of your household, the head of your family, right? And and, and being ahead of teams, right? Being ahead of athletes or being ahead of those that we reach, you know, we have to be lights. But how do we enrich those that we're leading if we don't enrich ourselves first? And mm-hmm. That accountability is huge. That accountability is so huge because when you learn that, like you said, you want that to be living out your faith. Mm-hmm. We can't live out our faith if we don't understand this faith that we walk in. Mm-hmm. So, amazing, Coach. I think yeah. that is golden. Yeah. No, it's, it's, 
you know, being being called to lead is, and for those of you who've had the opportunity, you lead now on the grand scale, you know <clears throat> that where your strength comes from. You you have to go and you have to get on, you have to cry, especially when you are faith. You know that he's put you in a position. You're like, okay, God has blessed me in this position. Sometimes we drift and think, you know, like I win a couple, I win like 10 in a row. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling myself. I guess I should get coach of the year, you know, 10, 15 in a row. But then all of a sudden I see a young man suffering. He'll miss a day. Something will happen. And I'll be like, okay, oh, wait, hold up. I got to let me bring it back and remember what, what this purpose is. It is to minister. And God can shut it down quickly. I'll tell you, my first time we went to our state championship game. And I'll never forget. I think we had just won the first conference championship in school history. This was my second <clears throat> this was my no uh, first conference championship in 40 years because the school we're at is not a really a basketball area you know uh where i'm at but i get there first playoff win ever uh first conference championship in 40 years right so the next year i'm kind of feeling myself we got rings everybody's like yeah feeling myself our recruiting went well we start out we're like you know five and oh and I'm thinking like, well, I'm, I'm, I must be a pretty good coach, right? You know, and really I started this to minister. Like I came back from Brazil saying I'm going to minister. I'm going to get in basketball to minister. Why am I in Brazil doing clinics and camps? And those kids look just like the kids when I walk out the door of South Central. So like, what the heck am I doing a thousand, thousands of miles away, right? So in my heart, I started this basketball journey for that. And I said, Lord, I'm going to dedicate basketball to ministry, but I forgot, you know, I forgot. So here I am, I'm winning these games. And then all of a sudden, you know what happened? Boom. The word, the most losingest period of my, I, we lost like eight in a row and this is with talent. And I was just like, what is going on? And then all God had to just bring me back. And it's crazy how you lose them, use those losses. There's no reason why we should have lost. We were like 500. And my whole time here, I have not been under 500. I have not lost. I mean, we've always won 20-something games. We were like 500. And it was like, if we lost one more game, we wouldn't have made the playoffs and all that. You know what God did, man? He brought me back to a humble state. And I had to remember it was about ministry. Now I was going back in that locker room, back with compassion again. Like, okay, we losing games. This season is a wash. It's over. Let me remember why I'm coming back. Let me see why you suffering. Let me see what's going on why are you responding poorly what's going on at home let me pray for you i had to go back right and immediately when that happened i was like you know what we're not gonna make the playoffs i was like forget it hey fellas you know what man i love y'all i had to go back there you know what man hey fellas this is the game we got to win this game we got to win out and we want to go to the playoffs and all that but it really wasn't about that it changed it went back to hey i got to minister to the guys but you know what god did with that as I pray, you know how he get he, God spank us a little bit, and then you go back to prayer, and you be like, "Yeah, gotta believe yeah. it." <laughs> You're like, "Yes, mommy, yes, daddy, yes." You know, we we learn how to say yes, ma'am, again. You know, and yes, sir, again. You know, but before I had forgot how to say yes, sir, and no, sir. I was like, "Huh? What you say, Lord?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, but we winning these games right now. You know, uh, he had to, so I went back to like, "Yes, Lord. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. What did you say, Lord? What do I need to do?" Yes, Lord, you know. So I went back there, and then all of a sudden, he just kept, we just started winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. We went from, like, whatever 
to going all the way to the state championship game, which we haven't been since, been back since. So we went from being 500. We won every game. We lost in the state championship game. He probably didn't want me to win. My head would have got big again. But we went all the way to the state championship game. And I was like, man, that ain't nothing but God. I was saying to my assistant coach, one of my other assistants at the time, he was a Christian. I was like, hey, man, wouldn't it be like God if we made the playoffs? That would be hilarious if we made it, right? And, and then all of a sudden, no, no, no. I said the first game, wouldn't it be like God if we won this game and we started a win streak? And then we started this win streak, right? And I was like, wouldn't it be like God if we made the playoffs after what we've been through, you know? And then we made the playoffs. I'm like, hey, man, wouldn't it be God if we, like God if we won a game in the playoffs for how awful we are? We win a game. Wouldn't it be like God if we make it to the Elite Eight, the Final Four? And it was like, man, wouldn't it be like God, man, if we made it to the championship game? And we did. So, you know, when you start putting God back into the picture, man, then that's when, that's when he can show up, man. That's when I realized, let the weak say I'm strong, right? We, God's uh, strength is made perfect in our weakness. So once I realized that I was weak, it wasn't me, then that's when he can show up. And then guess what I did? I said, hey, to God be the glory. And that's what he wants from us. He wants us to say, to God be the glory. God did it all. Because for a minute, if he didn't have that losing streak, Coach Mosley would have been the best coach in the history of ever. Yeah, I would have been the best coach ever. But but he he had to bring me back and say, no, 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 no. You remember I placed you here. I'll put you here. Come on here. Come on. And he'll do it. He will do it. He sits there. I tell people all the time, the conversations that I have with God is not like what you, it's, it's much like what you said. And I know mm-hmm. some like, well, girl, why do you think you run this? Why do you really think you run this? You don't run yeah. I do, but I'm going to let you do your thing. And then when you mess up, I'm going to be right here as you sit back graveling, and then we get our mind right. We start speaking gingerly, right? Yeah. We start knowing everything it is to say, Lord. Yes, Lord, right. yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But one of the things that's amazing is like the word says, he says, let your light shine, right? Not for us. I gave you the light so men and women can see the good works, but by your father, not Chelsea, not John, not any of the coaches on here. Right. But glorify our father that's in heaven. So yes. down to Jacqueline and, and Sydney Gunn and Shannon and Julian and Caitlin and KB and Joel and Jeremy, everybody on here. Right. He said, let your light so shine. Right. So that I get the glory and lose way of that, right? I use this. I've been saying this. I guess God has been on it the past week, but uh, Coach Cabrera Huff, when he was on here and it sticks with me, it sticks in my heart. He says, when he closed out, he said, you know, when I take care of God's business, he'll take care of my business. Mm. I take care of my business, mm-hmm. I purpose. And, and that sticks with me because mm-hmm. so often we have a great God idea. So mm. often. Like, okay, God, I hear you. I'm with it. But then we our hand on it. It's like that kid that's learning how to shoot and they got two God hand on the ball. They shoot with hands. We keep both hands on the ball and God's like, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring them back. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. You know, coach, when you first come on, and for those that have not had a chance or opportunity to actually watch the series, I'm telling you, even if you're not a sports fan, you're gonna love it just simply because of it we all watch documentaries and different series and sometimes they're just not authentic and honestly i'll be honest with you when i when i started watching it 
I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And I actually had to make myself turn up and go to bed. And it was because of the transparency, but the authenticity of not just you, but everyone on the entire program, every last one of them. Those young men, when you opened up that first episode, you made a statement that stuck with me. I actually wrote it in the journal by my bed. You said, when you're in the heat of the moment, what do you look like? Mm-hmm. That's not even a statement that we can come outside of sports. Just in life, as Christians, as believers, when we're in the heat of the moment, what do we look like? Coach, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we talk about, and I mentioned kind of with that is basketball reveals. And so seeing the character that's deep down inside of, of, of each of us. And I know when I talk with uh, others and share with them about Deshaun and about Joe and about some of those other guys, what is the diamond that's deep down inside? And is that diamond going to show through? Can we peel all the layers? Can we chip away all of this stuff to get to that diamond? And of course we, we under this pressure as a diamond, but can we chip away so that we can show forth and so that God can be can be glorified in that. I didn't want to make God look bad. And I'm it's us. It's me that draws people away from Christ. It may not be you, but it's me. So if I'm not acting the right way and if I'm not showing forth, I push people away from Christ. I mean, God is awesome. He's phenomenal. He's amazing. He's I mean, he's phenomenal. Like for what he's done in our lives and for those of you who have that personal relationship, you know. But it's me. It's the way I act. It's the way I put out and it draws people away. And so for me, in the heat of the moment, when things are, when 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 you got the cameras on, when we got all this, I didn't want to, it was almost like, and I shared with somebody, it was almost like a competition. Like, man, I got to make God look good, man. Let me buckle down. Let me get in this defensive stance and make God look good. Let me lock up anything that's going prevent God from looking good. And I wanted to make sure that we were, we were, we were authentic. I said, I'm going to be me. And I think what happened was the guy saw I was trying to be me and I was going to be me. And I could not stand, I'm not a fake person. That's why I didn't want to do it. I'm like, man, documentaries and that stuff, that stuff is fake after a while. Cause everybody's fake living. <clears throat> My wife was, so we're renting a house right now, right? We, we got a house, a nice big, we got a nice big house, but we moved a little bit towards LA, back towards LA. We got this nice big house. My wife was like, oh no, I ain't trying to, we not, they not coming to our place. We got this, we rent this little small place and, you know, and I was like, you know what, but, and we were convicted, like, should we go back and move to our place so we can be back in our nice big house? But, you know, it was authentic. We was able to have that family moment and family time. It's like, no, nah, man, we're not going to do all that extra. And then the same thing with the church, how God uh, moved with the church. So the church, we like announced it. So we got a little small church, right? We announced. We was like, hey, you know, Netflix is going to come. Come support. You guys show up. We all be on TV, right? Well, guess what? We canceled it. It was the second Sunday where we see. We canceled it. And so all of the people that showed up, they came and showed up, you know, our church. But then the next time it was how God wanted it to be, right? It was the way it should have been and the way it's going to be because we showed, we did it the next time and we reached out and say, hey, come support. You know, they said, come support Deacon Mosley because he's going to have this film crew there, you know, you know, like two thirds of the people that showed up last time didn't show up. 
And I was worrying about how it was going to look. And, you know, God was authentic, man. He said, no, I'm going to show you I'm, I'm who I am. And, and it's just going to sit better if we be who we are and we don't try to put on the show and we don't try to be fake. And so when we talk about the, the, the heat of the moment, can we, can, is God in us enough that he'll show up, you know what I'm saying? In that heat, heat of the moment, or is, is Mosley going to show up is, you know, and, and so I just wanted to make sure that I didn't make God look bad. And so I was going and I was like, Lord, please, Lord, please you be glorified because if I show up, like the John Mosley that was in his 20s, shoot, man, it's going to be a different show. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to pray that God was glorified. And I tried to do all that. You know, I'm from L.A., so we did, I didn't did music videos. I didn't did the, you know, I didn't did, uh, I was extra. I was signed with, I did all of that. I, I did comedy. I did, I didn't did some of all of that in between playing ball because we all wanted, I was a rapper, right? We all wanted to do that. And so, God had to had to take over and I had to make sure that God wasn't in, a, in it, that God was in a picture and it wasn't me. And so I was at constantly asking and it's a battle and we have to do that as well. We can't get full of ourselves and realize, especially if we called as believers, we have to really cry out. It is a because self is so is so wicked. Self is wicked. We are wretched. It's our nature to want that attention. It's our nature. And we know that God is a jealous God. And he's like, no, I want the glory. I want the attention. And guess what? We are made in his image. And sometimes we creep out and we want that glory. We want that, right? But we have to cry out and we have to ask. And it is a battle. It is a competition to ask God to please block me and make sure that you show up. And so for me in the heat, man, to make sure that God showed up, it was a constant battle. And for some of the other young men, uh, you know, their performance was a battle. They would show up with a good performance and you can see who they are, their unselfishness in that heat. And that's why the team was good. A lot of people saw the outer reaction. They saw Joe Hampton slam the chairs, but he was a good person inside. And we were chipping away trying to get at that. But what really showed up, man, we thank God that he showed up. You know, he probably could have showed up more. And I thought, man, this is going to be awful. I said, Lord, that's how God do, man. I said, me and the coaches, we were like, man, this is this show is not going to be good, man. But God's hand was on it. And those uh, producers and the, the editors and the, that team who created the story and they, they the, you know what he told me, the creator, he said this. And I said, look, man, I don't want to be, and I don't want to mention on that. I said, I don't want to be that, that Christian that said he was a Christian and then the reality show comes out. Then I, they see some other crazy stuff going on. It's like, yeah, that's why we're not Christians, right? But man, I, he said, it's going to be a mirror of you. And then I looked and said, well, do I want to look at me, you know? Uh, but, but I said, Lord, it's got to be you. And I trusted him, right? I still was apprehensive, even through the whole thing. I trusted him. But I think what happened was they were going to grab more of what you, what you showed. So there were some moments that probably I probably should have act, shouldn't have acted a certain way. But I think they saw more of the compassion. They saw more of the fact that I was going to serve God and mention God and that I was going to be a witness for God. And I'll tell you what, when I did some ministry times, when I, when it looked like I was ministering, I shared scripture, you know, and they, they cut it out every time it was like in the mountains, man, we was preaching up there in the mountains. I had the Bible, but man, they chopped that thing up. I was like, wait a minute, where's my little mini sermon at? 
you know. Uh, but God had his hand on it because if, if they did hear all that, possibly it would have been offensive and it would have turned people off because it would have been too much. So God had his hand on it that it was just enough for the whole world. And I'm hearing from people from all over the world, man. It's just amazing. I don't know. I'm just humbled at what God did. It's crazy. I think that's awesome. And even in that, I, I, I've said the same. I've done interviews and things like that and I've news interviews. And it's funny because then it's like, I didn't, they cut out what I really said, you know, but, yeah. but I'm like you, the right things and the right touch of what needed to be a part of it was able to bring everyone together. It yeah. was just enough of God's hands in it, right, to bring people, but not enough to push others away. And I think that was amazing. And I'm glad you did mention this because I'm going to ask this question. And then we'll have a little time for a few um, of our individuals that are in listening with us before we close out. Uh, but coach, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather, you heard me mention it when we came on, they have passed on, but they left literally the hugest imprint along with my mother in my life. And one of the things they used to always tell me is baby girl, you need to always have a scripture in your heart, right? Because exactly what you just said in the heat of the moment, what do you look like? And in the heat of the moment, you said, I want to make sure there's enough God in me that he is the one that shines through, not Chelsea, not my anger, not the thing things that are of the world. So that scripture that's in my heart, I'm able to go back to it, right? When life gets hard, when the storms of life rage, when things happen that we can't explain, I'm able to go back. It's almost like to reset, going back to balance. Mm-hmm. Then it's probably hard for you, someone who studies the word, but is there a scripture in your heart that when you find yourself, things may be getting out of hand that mm-hmm. brings back to him? Well, you know, I got to say all things work together for the good of those who are called for those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. I mean, all things I have to remember no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how bad it looks, all things work together for the good of the Lord. And I got to remember for it's for his purpose. It don't all things work together for the good of John Mosley. You know what I'm saying? And it don't work together for me. It works together for the good of the the Lord and called according to his purpose. And I got to remember that if, if I'm called, and I'm ministering for him, it's going to work out for his good. And if I'm in alignment with him, then ultimately it's going to work out for me as well, because I'm in alignment with him and he's going to take care of me and he's going to continue to preserve me because I'm working in alignment with him. I'm working in alignment with him. And I just have to remember that all the time. And, and things like right now, I just really, you just don't know the battle and and there's a little bit of, of discouragement. I have discouragement and disappointment with our leaders that are leading this charge to get us back going and not understanding the impact that they're having on these children and these young men. I had three young men, father, children, and I usually have like maybe once every five or six, you know, years, one guy every five or six years. And I'm like, oh man, what happened? Three, three father, children just in this pandemic. And, and I'm crying out. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know which, what, what's the glory that's going to come out of this. And my hand, I'm handcuffed. And so after all of the leaders who even support me or who even are, 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 are leaders over, over, you know, my career, my career and different things like that, I'm saying, don't you see what, what, what just happened? Don't you see what, what we can accomplish if we, if we get on the same page yet and still it's like, okay, whatever. And I'm like, and it's like, so after all of that, it's, it didn't flip and got worse. And the support went the opposite direction. I'm thinking like, okay, we don't have much support. 
and the support is going to, you know, it's going to start to, but the support goes the opposite direction. I'm like, Lord, what, what's going on? And I got to remember that it's going to work out and that he's going to get glory out of it. You know, maybe it's a feral situation. Maybe it has to get worse before it gets better. I don't know what he wants to do so he can show his himself strong so he can really show out. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's got to fall way apart and then he can really show out as he elevates it all. And I, that's, that's something that I always have to remember because dealing with these young men, it's a roller. Well, you know, as coaches, it is a roller coaster. Roller coaster. And, and I can control some of the things in my life and it's a roller coaster. But then if I got 15 other people that I'm, you know, and each, you know, if I got five problems and the point guards got five problems. The the shooting guards got five problems. That's all these people got five problems and multiplied that I'm responsible for. And I'm just like, it's it's crazy, you know. And so it's, it's a roller coaster. So we know that ultimately God is in control. And and I that's when it makes us, you know what, glad Lord, I'm glad you gave me that scripture to realize that hey, it's gonna work out in the end. You know, and that's a key piece, and that's why there why it's there. I tell you all the time I have an umbrella in every single place. So I'm not caught slipping. And that's yep. in our heart. When things do get in disarray and chaos, it's like, okay, I'm back. I have that coverage for the storm. So I think that's amazing. I think the other portion of that too is coach, you know, we have to recognize that God's good is the, is the only good that we should be seeking. Yeah. It may not feel good. Right. But his word t- tells us it works for our good. We see mm-hmm. how to do it our way. Yeah. <laughs> no, God, I really think you should really try it over here. no, and so I think when we take our hand off and recognize that even when we don't see what he's trying to do, all those things work together for the good of us that love him. And we love him. We just have to realize that it's his good, not our good. And I think that's, Absolutely. you know, in this moment right now, guys, I'm going to take a short break. We got a, a chance for maybe one or two, one or two questions because we have to get Coach out here today. Um, but if anybody has for Coach, we got a chance for two um go ahead and you can do that now there's no raise hands here we're family just come off mute and let it rip how you doing coach is that matthew yeah how you doing doing good sir um it's a pleasure to meet you over zoom um i do have a quick question so i um am taking over a basketball program at a uh small private christian school in melbourne florida and um the there's not a lot of funding at all pretty much zero and i know from your documentary um over at elac there was like no funding as well and can you talk about a little bit about how your relationship with god and your and your you relying on god helped you build the program that you have now elac you know what, I, I think just focusing on the ministry and trying to mentor and try, trying to work on the, the heart of bringing them to salvation and really caring and really having compassion for those young men and, and those, the people who are involved in the program. So my first thing was when I first got there, because the program that we were under, it was, you know, they would win five, 10 games or less or less than 10 games, about five games a year. Not a great area, great area. So my thing was, I came in, I said, well, I'm not going to win no games. I'm thinking like, man, there's no, I may win a couple more games. What do I know? Right. So my focus, I, I immediately kind of said, well, I'm going to focus my attention on uh, building relationships with these young men and mentoring and getting them to move on and getting them to the four year experience. 
versus working on um, working on, you know, just trying to win games. And, and but because of that, because of building relationships, because of they saw that I had really a vested interest in them, they, they trusted me. And because they trusted me, I can get them to kind of go through a, a wall a little bit. You know, they, they trusted me to, to execute and play a little harder. And so we, we played outside of, of, of what our capabilities were because there was a level of trust and we kind of all came together. And I, so for me, that's kind of what I focused on. And I think that's what brought us out of this level of we didn't have much. So now the next year, now uh, someone is saying, I like what they're doing over there. That was a special group. They did something special. And God shined through that. It, it, it was like a, a, a level of, of favor that was over us because the, the intentions were right. And I share that God's, if I'm obedient, then God's favor is going to always be over the program. And I don't know what he's going to do from year to year. Uh, I'm sitting here like, man, Lord, I don't know if I can, you can outdo yourself this year. And he shows me something else, right? I'm like, okay, Lord, how, I always tell people when I recruit him, I say, look, I'm a believer. I'm a man of faith, right? I say, I'm a man of faith. So I hope that doesn't scare you away. If it doesn't, here's what's going to happen. The Lord, somehow something special is going to happen here because as long as I'm obedient, then God is going to allow something special to happen. That doesn't mean a championship. That doesn't mean but something is going to happen and he has favor over this program. And so I think I went into the program in that way, that if I'm obedient, if I'm ministering to these young men and I'm not throwing it in their face, I never threw it in their face. I mean, the big thing that I share with people like that moment when we're in the bands, the guys come to me, right? Hey coach, can you play our song? Put the ox, plug the ox in. Okay. How many songs you want to play? Oh, put two or three songs up. They play their two or three songs. I'm like, okay, but guess what? Now it's my turn to play my songs, right? They songs are only 44 minutes or so. My songs, you know, they spontaneous worship. We talking about eight to 10 minutes. And they like, wait a minute, coach. This song's still going. I'm like, yeah. So my songs <laughs> can go for 30 minutes. Yours can go for eight minutes. Uh, but it's not forcing it down their throats but it's just being there and being compassionate and meeting them where they're at instead of worrying about wins. Our two questions, right? And I end this for anybody that watches the podcast, listens to the podcast, you'll know that these are the two questions that kind of enshrines you into the servant leader family, right? And so the first one is a very amazing devotion that I do every single morning. It reminds me it's what I use as my accountability. We often, this world will allow us to believe that God is not still God when things are bad, that God is not still God when things are difficult. So one of the things I do is I'll say God is blank and I let it rip. I've learned when I learn to count my blessings, you'll forget all of the negative things that we're thinking about in our heads are going through. You don't get a list though, coach, you just get one. So if I were to say God is, and I left a blank, how would coach John Mosley fill that blank? God is my provider. Come on here. Come on here. You want me to keep going? He is my Come on protector. Here. Come he on. He is my deliverer. Come on. He is my healer. He is my peace of mind. He is my comfort. He is my joy. He is my father in heaven who is rich. Come on. He is my companion. He is my lover. He is my keeper. He is my protector. He is my ever shield. He is my sword. He is my weapon of defense. He is all of that. 
He is Speak my it, coach. ground. He is my rock. He is my salvation. He is all. Yes. 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 Listen, and only you can do that, coach. <laughs> only you. But again, I'm telling y'all, if I let you continue to rip, you would have. Yes. And- comes and so if you if you're sick in your body if you're going through if if things are hard if if money looking a little crazy right now this pandemic has made things a little unadjusted I promise you and charge you to let it rip that's what I say I'm like God is and I'm like all right Chelsea you're about to let the spirit about to come out of you come on because I'm telling you it you heard it yeah, it yeah. stirs up the gift in there when you start to think about man you get up and you drag I'm up at 5 30 in the morning 5 15 every morning right yeah must yeah. not work or not. And truly it does, no matter what the situation may be, when I do that, it literally makes me forget. And yeah. 30 second rant of who he is, whatever you are going through, when you hit in on this, on this Zoom with me, like on this podcast recording with me, for those 30 seconds, I promise you, you forgot what you thought was important. And God showed up again, the true importance. He has it. Mm. and for the the people that's on this call and listening you mark and at least check the box off of what they needed that's what's amazing part that he's on that and we can keep going Mm -hmm. thank you for that coach Mm -hmm. now of course this is the servant leader coaches bible study where we talk about faith and servant leadership working to normalize faith in this thing called sports not outside of you know just saying i'm a servant leader and putting that as my tagline that's fine but we want to make sure that when we talk about being servant leaders, individuals truly know what that means. So I'm on a mission to create the, create the longest but the truest definition so that when listeners tap in, they'll know how to walk the walk in their programs and on their jobs and in their life. So if I were to ask you, servant leadership, two words, how to define that? How would Coach John Mosley define servant leadership? Compassion and love. You would think I prepped him, y'all. You would think I prepped him. What made you say that, Coach? Well, in order to 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 lead, I think you got to have love, and and you got to come out of yourself, and so you got to. It's about others in order to lead. And I've had a chance to read some books, and I think uh, I, I thank God that He's kind of uh, convicted me. It's it's it's. it's I, I'm not going to take any credit, but He convicted me. So that it's, it's kind of natural to, to, I see myself in others. And so as a leader, you got to kind of, you, you see, I, I see myself. I, I'm not going to condemn. A lot of times we see something that we did in the past and we're like, oh, I know they're acting up. I did that before. And then we condemn them instead of being compassionate as Christ was compassionate on us. And that's the ultimate leader. And he had compassion on me. He didn't come and give me instructions. He was compassionate first. He saved me. And then now I have the instruction. Now my preacher tell me what to do, right? My pastor tell me what to do based on what his word says, but he was compassionate first. He came and he saved us. I mean, everybody who was saved, he didn't give us any instruction. It was a, it was an inkling in our heart. It was a conviction first before there was instruction. And so, uh, as I mentioned, rules without relationships equal rebellion and so it's having that compassion and it's having that love for others before you before you start to give those rules and for, before you start to do all that so I think just that love and compassion uh that you have to have in order to lead you got to love others and they'll follow the vision man if you if they know you love them and you you care about them they'll follow 
I think that's golden, Coach. I can't. But let me get you off of here, okay? For I'm running down um, the hall <laughs> with my bag because y'all know it don't take much. That's why I just put down in the chat. It doesn't take much, yeah. but it's stir up to give it to me. But Coach, I truly do want to thank you for your time. I thank you just for simply being who you are. I told you when I first uh, just turned on that series, it was just authenticity, right? It is who you are, and even having this conversation with you today further showed that just the man of God that you are is going to shine through in every single capacity that God takes you through. So I thank you so much just for being here, just for joining us, just for sharing your story of faith and how God has moved and worked through you. And I appreciate you just for being here. You are now part of the Servant Leader family. Awesome. Hey, I'm family. forever grateful for what you're doing as well and for what God has called you to do. I want to encourage you and I'll be praying over you so that you can continue to do this great work. I appreciate that. Coach, before you go, do you mind closing us out with a prayer? Lord, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be able to fellowship and share uh, what you would have, uh, what would convict our hearts to grow closer and draw nearer to you, Lord, whether it be in our career, whether it be in our ministry, whether it be whatever we do as coaches, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity, this platform that you've given. We pray over this this uh, servant leadership program in Chelsea. Lord, we pray that you can continue to use her and we guide her and direct her and her family and her support, anything that she needs, oh God, to keep this great mission, this journey, this, this ministry going, Father God. We pray that you continually provide, oh God, if it be your will, Lord. We thank you so much for everybody that's here and that your hand be over everybody here, that we can be encouraged to continue to minister for you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all the praise, the glory in his son. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, Coach. Thank you so much, Coach. You be blessed. Everybody, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next time.